it really has everything to do with what we're talking about, which is make your money work for you passively. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Every once in a while, there comes a service that revolutionizes an industry. And I am proud to say that our best ever sponsor, Cozy, is that service for landlords and tenants. Cozy simplifies the rental process for everyone. Simply put, Cozy makes it easy to collect rent online, to screen tenants, to order credit reports, to do all the things that you are currently doing manually, but to automate it so that you can focus on more important things like growing your portfolio this year. The best part is that Cozy is completely free. It's free. There aren't any minimums, there aren't any transaction fees or monthly payments. No other service on the planet offers this to you for free. And one of the things that I love about Cozy is that Cozy automatically collects and transfers the rent so that every month you don't have to worry about forgetful tenants forgetting to pay you the rent. You can actually receive that rent automatically in your bank account, no questions asked. So you can say goodbye to paper checks, late payments, and all those lame excuses. And here's your chance to simplify your life and make more money. Join me and sign up for Cozy at Cozy.co. That's C-O-Z-Y dot C-O. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Dara Brunstein. Hi, Dara. Hey, Joe. Welcome to the show, and Dara is joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. She is the author and founder of Finance Whiz Kids, which is all about teaching young kids money from teaching them the value of the dollar to short and long-term savings to giving back to even what the heck ATMs are. And anytime the conversation is around youth financial literacy, she's at the forefront leading the charge. So really excited to have you on the show. And for the best ever listeners, she is a passive real estate investor that she invests primarily through hard money lending. She's also the founder of Atlanta's largest monthly social and professional networking group called Network Under 40. And then she just launched in 2014, Network Over 40. So with that being said, we also need an interesting fact about you. (laughs) So if you could mention your interesting fact about you, and then also maybe a little bit about your background and what you're focused on now. Yeah. So there's so many interesting facts, Joe. It's just so hard to boil down. (laughs) (laughs) Guess an interesting fact to other people is that I'm a twin and my twin brother and I are actually partners in one of our companies, which is a credit card processing business that we've been running for six years. And I think that's surprising on many levels to people that were in that industry, that we've been in it that long and that we work together as twins. There you go. Yep. And we'll talk about that. That is interesting. And what is my background? I came down to Atlanta about 12 years ago to come to college and really fell in love with the city and really loved the spirit of sort of the Southern hospitality meets go-getterdom down here. And with that sort of environment, was able to launch my first business in 2009, the one I just mentioned with my brother, which is brokering credit card processing services, which gave me a really nice understanding of that side of financial services. 
and the power of residual and passive income, which really parlays into my interest in real estate as well. Since then, launched the Under 40 and Over 40 business, which is now franchising in other cities, and wrote and published the book about two years ago, which fortunately was able to bring me to Davos to participate in the World Economic Forum's annual meeting to represent financial literacy for children. Outside of that, travel a lot, do yoga, hang out. So that's my background. A credit card processing company, how the heck did that come about? Yeah, it definitely was not something that I had anticipated. I never knew anything about credit card processing, but my first career out of college was in the wholesale apparel business, and all of my customers were retail boutiques or department stores. And while that was happening, my twin was living in San Diego, interacting with enterprise-level companies and Through our different avenues, we realized that this was a pain point for businesses of all sizes, that oftentimes their credit card processing companies were treating them unfairly. They were overcharging them for their rates. They were promising things that they weren't delivering and locking them into contracts they didn't know about. And we really recognized that this is such a critical part of the functioning of a business is the way in which they accept funds from their customers. So we realized that there was an underrepresented or really an unrepresented place in the field of brokerage modeling. So after researching the industry, we realized that that could be a space that we filled. And now six years later, we have business in 38 states and it's been a model that we've proven can be successful. What's something that has surprised you about that business after you've been in it for a while? Goodness. I mean, the biggest surprise really is how shady it is. (laughs) We went in with some expectation of that just from the stories we'd heard from people who interacted with the industry. But, you know, after six years, every day, it doesn't cease to amaze me over and over again how many people are locked into really bad setups and contract terms and are just being raked over the coals with fees and sold one thing and, you know, given something else and that that's something that this industry continues to perpetuate and yet people are going along with it. So it's surprising yet has been the crux of why we've succeeded because we've really worked hard to be an honest and reliable provider. With networking under 40, what is that exactly? And what have you learned from that, founding that and the entire process? So network under 40, I started out of a necessity from some of my friends who in their mid twenties and early thirties were saying how hard it was for them to make friends after college And, you know, how obvious it is that people's lives divert in different directions in their 20s and 30s. And when you you kind of put your nose down into a job and you look up and you realize, how do I make friends at this stage of my life would go try and do that. They felt like in an organized environment, either getting hit on or sold to. And I wanted to create an environment where neither of those things were the aim, that people could really come with no real MO and meet one another and have social interaction that can build rapport, and then do business after that, should they so choose. And for me, I think in life, my biggest gift is being a connector and really seeing the world as a puzzle whereby when someone expresses a need or a desire, I immediately or instinctually think of someone that I should connect them with. So putting that in an organized environment where thousands of people every year come through and I get to hear the stories of the friendships they've made or the career opportunities that have been presented or the business they've closed or anything in between has been extremely powerful. It's it's been a really cool environment to watch that happen in. When you're speaking to someone, how do you determine who's the right person to connect them to? It's probably 
an instinct more than anything. A lot of it has to do with personality matching. So someone says to me, I'm looking for a job as an accountant. Then, you know, maybe I know five or 10 accountants that I could either just reach out to and ask them if they know someone, or maybe two of them told me they were hiring. And then it's obvious. In other cases, it could just be, you know, I'm new to town and I'm looking to meet new friends. And it's just me really getting a feeling for who they are and what their personality is and making an estimation kind of like a dating matchmaker would of who they'll have chemistry with as a person and who I can make that introduction to. So you're a passive real estate investor, primarily with hard money lending. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So way back in the day, probably ninth or 10th grade, I started reading all of Robert Kiyosaki's books and they were really eye-opening to me about the idea of having mailbox money or checks coming in the mail and making this passive income and you know having the financial freedom to live a life where anything it costs for you to live, your monthly expenses are coming into you in a residual manner. And my mother is a real estate investor and just kind of grew up around that. So those things sort of clicked for me early on. So the idea of getting passive income and using it through real estate were sort of right in front of me. When you look to see, you know, what type of passive investment, and this could be real estate or any other type of investment, what's the criteria that you use to evaluate if something's good or not? So it's interesting because I think I'm in a little bit of a different position than some of your listeners or past guests may have been in where my criteria really has to do more with trust and then and then looking at the financial model of it second and just understanding with most investments you know what the different payouts might look like whether you're doing a more secure quote unquote investment like a mutual fund or a bond versus stocks versus investing in a startup business versus investing in real estate in different ways and understanding what I'm looking to gain from those things. But for me, the trust comes first. And like I mentioned with my mother, who's been in real estate investing for many, many years, it was really a unique opportunity, I think, to learn about it through her and have her present opportunities for me to do hard money lending on deals she and her team were doing. So not only did they feel extremely secure because I knew her, but I know her success historically, and it felt like a very unusual you know, circumstance to be able to make 15 to 20% on money through your mother where you know she's backing it one way or the other. (laughs) Dara, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors? It really has everything to do with what we're talking about, which is make your money work for you passively. That, you know, you can't be an expert in everything. So if you can find people that you trust and who have a proven track record, to take your money and make it work while they're doing the labor. That's what I have found to be the best way. You'd mentioned, you know, the hard money for real estate. What are a couple other examples uh, that have been successful for you from investment purposes? Real estate aside or exclusively in real estate? Real estate aside. So for me with investing, it's always been my businesses first. And after that, it's been a little more traditional with investment accounts or the real estate that we've talked about. But I've always really believed that I was able to make my money multiply through my entrepreneurial endeavors. So a lot of the extra income I would have used to invest into other avenues, I've put back into starting new businesses. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? (laughs) Let's do it. 
first, a quick word from our sponsor. Best ever listeners, it's 2015, and wouldn't you like to simplify the landlording process and automate it as much as possible while making more money along the way? It's a landlord's dream, right? With online rent payments, applications, and secure credit reports, Cozy makes being a landlord incredibly easy. And best of all, it's completely free. Sign up for Cozy at Cozy.co. That's C-O-Z-Y dot C-O. Okay, Dara, best ever book. I am horrible with superlatives, so I'm going to give you two really quick. One I alluded to earlier, which was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because it really set me on a path to understanding financial freedom. And the second is E-Myth Revisited, and that's because it really helped me to find myself about the power of setting up businesses where you don't have to be involved in the day-to-day, where the business is created so that it operates at an equal to or greater than level without you being involved. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of books like those. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. So at the time, I would have said it was a horrible experience, but (laughs) retrospect is a powerful thing. Uh, It was definitely in starting the credit card processing company. There were several times throughout the course of the first few years where we hit devastating losses and things turned upside down. And what I learned through that was a few things. One, what other people think about my success is irrelevant. Two, that my identity isn't tied to my business. And three, that failure isn't a thing if you keep persevering. Wow. The identity one, my gosh, that's something that I'm guilty of. I know that yeah. for one, I'm 100% guilty of that. Those are some really powerful things. Best ever deal you've done from a passive income standpoint? Best deal I've ever done, I would just say in general, is the first deal I closed for my credit card processing business simply because when you're new in your first business, that first deal really sets the momentum and the pace for you to know that you can keep going. So that was really just sort of a pat on the back and something that helped me keep going. From passive income perspective, it might actually be, there's some deals I've done in Memphis through some trailers actually that my mother helped us invest in where we own the trailers and we also rent them out. So we're making income in a couple ways through those. Best ever success habit you practice. So this is another one where I can't give you just one. So it's a tie between perseverance and consistency relationship building and connecting and meditation best ever project you're excited about right now it is definitely the franchising and expansion of network under and over 40 into other cities how does that make money and there's ticket sales and sponsorship revenue so there's money to be made by a franchisor in another city to expand and make revenue through that and then it also ties back into in most cases what they do for their full-time work and usually small business development or sales role So they're building a network that ties into that business as well as making the revenue straight off of the event. Best ever quote. (laughs) Again, it's a tie. So the first is one that I don't know if I made it up or where it comes from, but I think of it all the time. And it's you can't see the spot on which you stand, which really helps me to remember that you need to seek outside counsel on certain things from trusted advisors. And the second is a horrible paraphrase of an Abraham Lincoln quote which is that success is only one step after failure, but most people stop at failure. What's the biggest mistake you've made in business? Oh gosh, probably thinking that I know everything and can do it all myself, which I can't. How have you come to reconcile that internally? I've had to really appreciate and learn how to practice delegation better. 
I'm very type A and I'm ENTJ on the Myers-Briggs, which for anyone who is that, they understand it's really hard to let go of control. But understanding that other people are skilled and can do things better than you and slowly allowing them to do that has really helped me to understand the power of delegation. Dara, what's the best ever place to reach you? Email. You want to give out your email? Sure. I guess the easiest one will go with Dara, which is D-A-R-R-A-H at network, N-E-T-W-O-R-K under U-N-D-E-R 440.com. Dara, thank you so much for sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and a couple of the takeaways I got from this conversation. First, it's, it's really cool to hear from an entrepreneur who started a company in kind of a shark tank environment, the credit card processing company, and is repositioning that industry one transaction at a time based on, you know, just a, a different approach that's taken. And the other thing is, you know, what we were talking about earlier is when you hit devastating losses with that company, the three takeaways that you have where failure with what other people's think of your success isn't relevant and the identity is not tied to your business. I mean, those two things in and of themselves are important. Your approach to being a matchmaker for business purposes and connecting with people, you turn it into a business, you're turning into franchises. Right. I mean, that that's crazy. And I think that's a takeaway for anybody with the value add. And I'm sure you're a big fan of The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and Mm -hmm. that approach. And I just love it. And that ties into your criteria for investing in passive investments and what you look for. And I think, quite frankly, that any high-level investor approaches it the same way you do, where first and foremost, trust factor needs to be in play. And then secondly... Let's talk about the financial model because anybody can throw numbers on a paper, (laughs) but it's a matter of who's putting those numbers there and what happens when things go sour. Are they going to have your best interest at heart? So thank you so much for being on the show with the best ever listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.